Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Jen A. I'm here in Colorado and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, January 9th, 2024, and it's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter titled The Doctor's Opinion. We're on page XXVIII. We're going to read the first paragraph and comment on that first paragraph. It begins with, we believe in so suggested a few years ago, and ends with astonishingly difficult to solve. So today's readers on Team Thursday, we've got uh, Maria B. from Vermont, Naomi G.B. from Canada. Um, we have E. from Brazil, Lindsay W. from Texas, Nancy R. from Illinois, Karen W. from New York, and Christina G. The reference numbers for yesterday, that was Monday, January 8, 2024, are the following. The 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording is 21,014. That's 21014. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording was 21,015. 21015. Here's the preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members, and we are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose here, OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Maria B. to go ahead and read the 12 steps. Good morning, Maria. Hi, I am Maria B. I'm a compulsive overeater um, recovering in Vermont. Here are the 12 steps of OA. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made a list of all persons we had harmed. I'm sorry. Uh, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Sorry. Nine, 
made direct amends to such people whenever, wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much, Maria B. I will now ask Naomi G.B. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Good morning, Jen. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, this is Naomi G.B. from Ontario, Canada. Uh, I'm a recovered uh, compulsive overeater. I'm grateful to be here. Uh, the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thanks so much, ladies. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we do ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic, but this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. So we are sharing what the directions mean in the big book to us. So to share, you're gonna press star one, that will unmute your phone, and once you're done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study. We're in the doctor's opinion. It's in the big book on page XXVIII, 
and we're reading one paragraph and commenting on it. And now from uh, Brazil this morning, Danny P, would you begin reading for us, please? Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Go right ahead, Danny. Thank you. Thank you, Jan. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. I'm Danny P. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, only by God's grace and mercy, and I'm from Brazil. So uh, we believe, and so suggested a few years ago, that the action of alcohol on this chronic alcoholics is a manifestation of an allergy, that the phenomenon of craving is limited to this class and never occurs in the average temperate drinker. These allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all. And once having formed the habit and found they cannot break it, once having lost their self-confidence, their reliance up and think human, their problems pile up on them and become astonishingly difficult to solve. What a wonderful paragraph. I'm, I'm very grateful to be discussing and studying this with you today. You know, I was born a compulsive overeater, so I was afflicted by this disease very, very early on in my childhood. And I always had this question, why I can't stop overeating? And why I can't stop thinking about food? Why? Why I can be like the other children? And... This, this wonderful paragraph and this uh, God-inspired doctor, the most amazing benefactor from this fellowship, explains to me here that I have an illness, a twofold illness, peculiar illness of the body and of the mind. So it's not a matter of lack of willpower is not a matter of lack of character. It's so I can stop hating myself. I can stop blaming myself. I have this, this allergy. And once I start eating my, alcohol, uh, my alcoholic foods, my binge foods, I will trigger this phenomenon, phenomenon of craving which makes virtually impossible for me to stop. I can't stop once I trigger the allergy, this abnormal reaction. And to make things worse, I also have the mental obsession. So once I stop, I have this, this obsession that is always trying to convince me to go back to the food, to take that first bite that will trigger the allergy again. So if once I start, I cannot stop, and once I stop, I cannot remain stopped, it's obvious that I'm absolutely powerless over food. And nothing can really help me, not my willpower, my discipline, my, my determination, not human things, they cannot help me, no human power, no psychiatrist, psychologist, endocrinologist, my friends, priests, 
my family, my boyfriend, no human power can help me. I need a power greater than human power. And in order to, I need to put the food down. I need to get a sponsor and to work the program of action outlined in this book so that I can find this power and recover from this disease. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Danny. Perfect timing. But well, we do value everyone's experiences on the line today so that we ask that you limit your share to every third day. That way others have the opportunity to share their experience also. So I'll be taking a list of names. I'll take your first name and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Kim A. Gina S. KDG from Boston. Yvonne H. Joanne B. from France. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. Hold on just one second. Okay, this is who I heard. Kim, Tina, Claire, Elon, Katie, and Joanne B. and Victoria. See, my handwriting is a little. So if you'll go ahead and mute your phones again. That would be great. Press star one. And we'll go with this lineup. You could give me the state or country that you're calling from when you dial in. That would be great. We'll start off with Kim A, followed by Tina. Go ahead, Kim. Hey, sorry. This is Kim A. Sorry, I was muted. This is Kim A. This is Kim A. from New York City. And we cannot look at this chapter as if it was written for us. It wasn't. It was written for alcoholics. And so I personally don't speak for anybody else. I do not have an allergy to sugar. What I have is a phenomenon of craving that's not physical. It's my addiction is that I want to shove food down my throat because of the way I think, right? The big book makes it really, really clear that alcohol is not the problem. The problem is in the thinking. If alcohol was the problem, then the alcoholic would just not take that first drink, thereby setting the terrible cycle in motion, right? So my problem is in my thinking. My thinking tells me that I'm a victim. I live in resentment. I live in fear. I live in all kinds of mental and emotional chaos because of my thinking, and that is what sends me to food for comfort. Am I going to choose sugar over, you know, broccoli? I am. But, you know, in in lieu of anything better, I'm going to binge on anything I could find. So it's my experience that I do not have a physical allergy. I was told I did. I was told for many years that I had to avoid certain foods and ingredients. But after using the big book as my instruction manual and interpreting it a little bit different than a lot of people on this line, I've recovered. I've recovered by working the steps. I've recovered by, for almost five years now, living in steps 10, 11, and 12, doing a ton of service, and just telling my story when I can because I wasn't able to stick to a food plan. For 18 years, I was constantly dropped by sponsors because I couldn't do it. 
I couldn't do it for two days. So that entire abstinence, that's not for us. It's not for compulsive gamblers. It's not for any of the, like, 200 addictions that use these 12 steps and the big book to recover that have no physical component. Again, for me. So if anybody is struggling because they just can't stick to a food plan, that was me for 18 years. There is another way to interpret this, and I try to share that because there are so many people out there like me who just couldn't stick to a food plan. Um, and I'm going to end with that. This is Kim A. from New York City. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks so much. Up next, we have Tina S. from Florida. Go ahead, Tina. Good morning. Thanks so much, Jen. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great paragraph and what a great lead share for sure. You know, and, and I personally do have an allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And there are certain uh, alcoholic foods that I cannot ingest, you know, because they will set off that phenomenon of craving, you know. And, uh, you know, and I'm grateful that I know that, you know, and, and I'm sharing for me, you know. And, um, you know, and it also tells me that, you know, that I'm different than other people, you know, because I always wanted to be the same. So this time it's going to be different. You know, I can have this because they can have that. Well, you know, there are certain things that when I put it in my body, it sets off that phenomenon of craving, and there is never enough for me. You know, there is never enough for me. And so what I do to arrest that is I is that I stay entirely abstinent from those foods. That, you know, that I, I do that. And then I have an opportunity, you know, with my mind is cleared to be taken through the steps in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and to have a spiritual awakening because I have tried many times <laughs> in the disease and I was not able to, to be taken through the steps. You know, I just wasn't. My mind was not clear, so I was not. You know, and then it tells me, I love what it says upon here, uh, up here. It says, once having lost their self-confidence, their reliance upon things human, their problems pile up on them and become astonishingly difficult to solve. You know, I always wanted other people to solve my problems. You know, and then it quit happening. You know, they weren't solving them. And then I was screwed. You know, and then I come to the rooms and I see the people in the rooms with, in which the problem has been solved by a power greater than themselves. And so that's what today that I have is something bigger than me that takes care of me. And I stay free. You know, I stay free one day at a time. But I also abstain from my alcoholic foods. And so with that, pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Tina. Ask from Florida. Up next, we have Claire E. from the UK. Good morning, my friend. Hi there, Jen. Nice to hear you, and uh, thank you to everyone who's shared so far. Um, my name's Claire E. I'm a compulsive eater and bulimic in uh, Claire. the UK. Yeah. Can you speak up just a little bit, my friend? Hard yes, to hear you. is that better? Is that better? Yeah, go ahead. Yep, project okay. as loud as you can. Thanks. <laughs> okay, I should shout. Um, yes, what a brilliant paragraph. And here we have, you know, both aspects of our disease, really, I think, for me. And I was thinking about, you know, this allergic types, you know, there's, there's a lot of speak in the big book about different types, you know, the, the moderate type, the, the real compulsive eater, the allergic type, the type that likes to do this, the type that likes to do that. 
And I think for us in OA, that's really true. There are different types of people here and what works for one may well not work for another. So all I have to share is my experience, strength and hope. And my experience around a physical allergy is that I do have foods. And actually, the other thing I'd like to share, because it was really paramount to me in getting abstinent was I have allergy behaviors too. I have behaviors around food that for me precipitate the phenomenon of craving. And, you know, once I've got that phenomenon of craving, it's just, you know, so difficult to resist going on and doing more and going on and doing more. Um, And it's beyond me. You know, I can't. I'm driven to eat more. I'm driven to eat more. I'm up at that fridge. I'm down on the sofa telling myself not to. I'm back at the fridge. I'm down on the sofa telling myself not to. So, you know, is this bulimic? I don't know if it's a bulimic thing or if it's, I suspect it's for all overeaters, to be honest. But, you know, my behaviors, my swigging out the fridge door, my needing to have something in my mouth the whole time, my eating large volumes of low calorie food. Those were as much a problem to me as as certain physical substances, which I abstain from because that gives me clarity and simplicity. It, it, It gives me freedom from that phenomenon of craving. I'm not fighting that phenomenon of craving. I'm not letting the tiger out the cage three times a day. So for me, that, that is my experience. But there are different types in OA. We're not all allergic to the same things, you know, and what might be my medicine might be someone else's poison. And I think that's why it's so important that we all have, um, we all share what works for us. And then uh, it's a bit more of a confusing message, I suppose. But, you know, it just shows you that there's many rivers to the ocean. And, um, you know, coupled with this, then, of course, it talks about, you know, um, I form the habit and I can't break it. You know, I, I can't rely on myself. I have to have some sort of power greater than me. There is a line that I have crossed where I cannot sort my own problem out. My phenomenon, you know, my phenomenon of craving is one thing. Um, and then my mental obsession, you know, that thought process that will always get me putting that food in my mouth is is the other problem I suffer from. And those coupled together is is absolute i'm doomed you know i've got no defense if i'm if i'm you know compelled to keep going once i start and i can't stop myself from starting i need some help i need power and um you know thank goodness i know that today and um and i know where to get that help and that power and um you know that's through the working of the rest of the 12 steps you know through a spiritual awakening um and i will leave it there thank you so much well, thanks so much, Clary from the UK. Up next, we have Elon. Elon, can you spell your name and then give me the first initial of your last name? Let me know where you're calling from today. You mean Yvonne H? Perfect. Okay. And Yvonne, you want you to have a little bit Yvonne? of yeah, you have a little bit of background noise in the back, but go I ahead know. and project your voice. Okay, go ahead. I know. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, yeah, the doctor opinion, doctor, the Dr. Silkworth talks about um, being, uh, having a craving and being allergic to, so to, to food and uh, to certain food, and yeah, and being allergic. After 24 years of program in different A 12-step programs, I managed to I've managed to stay sober from alcohol 24 years, and I didn't make it with uh, food. With food, why? Why? I tried it 24 years. Now I've been abstinent for 
nine months for the first time in 24 years. Why? Because I didn't follow a food plan. I'm not able to follow a food plan. I have this um, concentration illness, this ADHH or whatever it's called, active and I am hypervigilant and I'm a hyper everything. So this I know after 24 years and I am not able to follow any food plan. I will spoil it. I will sabotage it. I will, I need to be free. That's what I'm, I've been learning now the last nine months. I need to be free and I need to to decide one day at a time, just for today, with God's help, uh, what I'm going to eat. That is my freedom. It's all about the big book. is all about is all about about God, about being guided by God and being free with God's help. It, the book is not about food plans. The book is, and I'm lucky enough to be an alcoholic so that I can see the difference. Let's go of alcohol. Don't drink alcohol. Don't think of alcohol anymore. That's what happened to me. I didn't have to drink it anymore. Uh, after my first meeting, I didn't have any cravings and nothing. But with food, it was not possible. And I didn't have sponsors, I think, because of that. And after reading the book, after doing it with you and doing it in other groups, for me, I finally found that I was born with an illness which has to do with much more than just wanting to eat sugar. Yes, I eat sugar. And I enjoy it. I enjoy it. But I don't go on binges anymore. I don't go on binges anymore. I am free from that. I don't want to. I don't have that craving anymore. I used to have it because I needed to be, I needed to act against this. You may not do that. You may not do that. You may not do that. I needed to act against that. So I went on, on binges every three weeks, every four weeks, every half a year perhaps. And especially for New Year, Time, thank you so much. Thank you. I'll wrap up. So I'm very happy to be free, and I need the big book, and I need all of you. So have a great day and happy New Year again. I'm Yvonne. I'm a compulsive overeater. Thanks, Yvonne. Up next we have Katie G, followed by Joanne B, and then Victoria. Go right ahead, Katie. Morning, Jen. Thanks for taking the meeting. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G, and I'm a recovered compulsive eater. You know, there's a lot of um, controversy on the meeting this morning I'm hearing, and I just wanted to bring it back to Overeaters Anonymous because that's what this meeting is, right? Overeaters Anonymous defines abstinence in three parts. This isn't no sugar, no flour anonymous. So what does OA say? Overeaters Anonymous is the action of refraining from addictive foods. So yeah, red foods. And yellow foods, which are just the foods I'm not willing to put down. I'd rather argue, justify, and defend my right to eat the food and remain not abstinent. It also says addictive food behaviors. You know, as our friend talked about, this book says in any form at all. And this book is my Bible, you know, in any form at all. What are my forms? Biting, licking, and tasting. Overeating on quote-unquote abstinent food. What is abstinent food? 
if this, if this program is called Overeaters Anonymous, right, and all I'm doing is abstaining from red foods, I can be compulsively overeating. No such thing as abstinent food for me, right? For me, I got to weigh and measure everything. Um, and then the third part is <clears throat> um, while working towards or maintaining a healthy body weight. And I never wanted to hear this. But if I'm, you know, 300 pounds and not working towards or maintaining a healthy body weight and abstaining, something is wrong with my abstinence. Or if I, like me, KDG, suffer and lose 17 pounds while following a weight and measured food plan, there's something wrong with my forms. So abstinence is the action of refraining from addictive foods. Addictive food behaviors, like, oops, I did it again, right? I, um, I popped a vegetable into my mouth, but you know what? I don't have the allergy. If I don't have the allergy, why am I popping the food into my mouth? For me, that creates the phenomenon of craving, this inability to stop, right? And yes, this program is not about food, right? My solution is God. I love talking about God. I want to be with God. I want to live with God. But for me, I can't live with God. I'm a compulsive overeater. Lack of power is my dilemma. I have no power, no choice, and no control around food. So if that is the case, I must watch for the phenomenon of craving. I must put down the food. I don't care if I have to put it down for 24 hours or 98 hours, but I have to put it down. I have to start the steps and refrain from addictive foods, behaviors, while working towards or maintaining a healthy body weight. I love this program. Let's do it together. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G from Boston. Up next, we're gonna hear from Joanne B, followed by Victoria, and then we'll take another list of names. Good morning, Joanne. Good morning. Good morning. Um, good morning, everybody. I'm Joanne B, um, a recovered compulsive overeater living in Vermont. And um, I love this passage, and I love the doctor's opinion. I think this is what really brought it home for me when I first uh, decided or made the decision that I was powerless over certain foods, um, reading this. And this paragraph in particular really explains it really well. Um, I have um, an allergy to certain foods, and those foods are on my red list. And, um, you know, I've been absent now for like 14 months from most of those foods, but I've just discovered another food um, that I had to throw away because it was these crackers. They don't have wheat. They don't have um, white flour that I abstain from. They have like almond flour in them, but they are salty. They are crunchy. And... I said, okay, I'm just going to have a few with my lunch. And, but then, you know, I found myself thinking about them at night when I'm sitting on the couch watching TV and they're calling to me. And I'm like, you know, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'll just refrain. I'll just like ignore it. I'll resist. But that's the whole problem for me is if I start letting the food take over, I'm not going to be able to 
um, be clear for my relationship with my higher power and being, because my thoughts are going to be consumed with a food and how do I obtain the food and trying to resist that food. And, and that's just, I'm just, you know, that's blocking me from my higher power. So I took it, I threw it away this morning and I, I feel a sense of peace because I'm like, that's a food I can't eat, period. And I've made my peace with, like, sugar, et cetera, as well. And I have peace of mind today. I have peace of mind. I'm able to think about what can I bring to the day um, in helping others um, and being doing good God's will and really being present because I'm not, like, so obsessed. So this program really works, um, and, you know, i got to continue to be vigilant. I think that's the whole thing. It's like I, I'm i going to find other things. Other things are going to come along that I won't be able to stop eating. So with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Joanne B. I mean, sorry, Victoria. I'm going to have my list wrong. appreciate your share this morning. If you just joined us and you're just getting on the line um, and you don't know where we're at, we're at the beginning of the big book, uh, right before all the chapters start. It's called The Doctor's Opinion. It's XXVIII. And we're reading the first paragraph. It begins with, we believe, and so suggested a few years ago, um, ending with astonishingly difficult to solve. And we're going to comment on that one paragraph only. So we do value your experience. We ask that you limit your share at every third day so that others can share their experience, strength, and hope as well. Um, if you give me your first name and first initial of your last name, I can take another lineup of folks. Sally S. Sally? Um, did you skip Victoria L? What's going on? Oh, Maureen. I, you know what? I did. Golda so Give me. Hold on just one second. If everybody else oh, take a sorry. pause on me for just a second. I did skip you, Victoria. I'm so sorry. I didn't. I apologize. I'll come back to you in just a second, Victoria. Then I think okay. I heard, was it Sally or Kelly S? Jeannie N. Was it Kelly? Lynn H. Golda H. Karen K. Jen, it was Kelly. Thank you. That's what I thought. Okay, so I have Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y with an S, and then I have Lynn H, Golda H, Karen K, who else? Jeannie N. Thank you, Amy. Jeannie. Morrissey. Miriam J. Okay, we're going to stop there. Okay, so let's go ahead and we'll start off with Victoria, my sincere apologies, then Kelly, then Lynn, then Golda, then Karen, Amy, and Maura Z. Um, if I didn't catch your name, I'm so sorry. We'll get you hopefully by the end or second hour. Go right ahead, Victoria. Thank you, moderator. You're doing a great job. It's a lot to wrangle. Um, good morning, everyone. My name is Victoria L. And I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I love the discussion this morning. It's a great dialogue. We bring lots of different viewpoints from a lot of different places. And um, I have a spiritual malady. I have a disease of the body and of the mind. And the only thing 
that's going to fix that is using my kit of spiritual tools to reconnect me to my higher power because I lack the needed power necessary to get well. And, um, you know, I know this at an intrinsic intelligent level, but for me, uh, you know, I'm one of the harder nuts to crack. It just has sunk down to the core of where it needs to be of that absolute blind faith and trust that God's going to help get me well. And, um, I looked up the word allergy in the dictionary and it says it's an abnormal reaction to any food substance or beverage of any kind abnormal reaction that's that that fits almost what everyone's been saying this morning i have an abnormal reaction my abnormal reaction comes from whatever is happening inside my body i mean i have pictures of me at two years old being a chubby little two-year-old with chocolate smeared face in her little white Sunday Sunday school dress on Easter you know it's, it's just crazy and um I I'm, I'm stuck back in the food again you know I'm really um, struggling in recovery I have been in a way for 12 years and I had 45 days and then <clears throat> a really good friend of mine uh, died unexpectedly and I didn't pick up the kind of spiritual tools to handle it and um you know, I was doing my fifth step with my sponsor and, you know, her. And I was sharing about my resentment I had over this person for the stupid things that he did um, to put himself in the situation to die. He was murdered in a motel in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, her response was, well, just don't eat over it. And, you know, I've been nursing that resentment since the day after Thanksgiving and I need to go do a 10th step on it um, because the way it was said and what was said, like, really... It, it bit me to the core and I realized like I'm kind of an M&M, you know, myself. I'm hard on the outside and soft on the, and, and on the inside and I present a really hard exterior cover to the outside world. But deep down inside, I'm like the soft, squishy marshmallow. And, you know, I don't know what makes me eat different than other person. I, it could be all the childhood trauma I had. I was raised in a household filled with domestic violence. You know, the day after Christmas, I talked to my brother about some of the traumatic things that happened to us. They were horrible things that happened to us as kids. Does that make me a compulsive eater? I don't know. I mean, I was eating that chocolate when I was two, way before I knew of the, uh, I could even have probably conscious memory of childhood trauma. Um, I just know that maybe it's ego, you know, thinking that I don't belong or I'm, you know, that terminally unique or different and always not going to work. Thank you. I'll just wrap up. And so all I would just say is, anyone who's struggling, just hang in there. You know, I just share what's going on with me and people reach out. And if anyone wants to reach out and talk to me, you know, give me a call later tonight and um, we'll have a conversation about it and hopefully I'll get a day back. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, Victoria L. Up next, we have Kelly S. followed by Lynn H. Go right ahead, Kelly. Good morning, Jen. Thanks for your service. Hey, guys, Kelly S. Recovered compulsive eater and bulimic Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, some really powerful shares. Really loved the opening speaker and reader. Um, so for me, my story is, you know, um, been around here for decades, and it was the doctor's opinion that was a game changer for me. It wasn't studied for years in in OA, and um, when I really read this and finally accepted the truth of this physical allergy, um, it changed so many things. And like other people, I have red light foods, but I have 
red light behaviors more than anything, and that was the thing I did not want to look at. You know, growing up in OA, I've been in here for um, 40 years, four zero. That's a long time. So 40 years. This is the this is what I would hear a lot in OA. Okay, so just for today, you won't have cake. Maybe tomorrow. Can you say to, today you won't have cake, and maybe tomorrow you'll have cake? Well, I mean, I would hear that kind of stuff about foods for years. And the big book, The Doctor's Opinion, makes it clear, never, never can I have cake. I mean, it tells me I have to fully concede to my innermost self that I'm the real deal, right? And it tells me here that I can never use it again. And so every time I would think I could go back to not necessarily red light behavior or foods, but behaviors. I mean, it's just a little bite, a little extra. It's just some tomatoes, right? And somehow those are always, those kick in that craving. I just need more. Where most people, you know, that might satisfy them, it's like throwing fuel, like, you know, lighter fluid on the fire and it just goes, Poof! and then I'm off and going. And it's always, always, always that one little extra bite. I just need a little something. And I just off and running. The thing also I really wanted to share about in this paragraph, I think, I mean, here we're at this place now where we are at that jumping off point. You know, it's like I've lost all my self-confidence, my reliance upon human things and all the diets and all the, all the uh, uh, programs. And even in OA, the sponsors, the workshops, the retreats, all those things that I knew. If I go to this, if I could get this person, then I would get it, right? So I'm to this place and I'm realizing none of these things are working. Of course, I'm thinking OA is not working, right? So I hadn't ever really got the doctor's opinion to understand I had to get clear, clean from physical behaviors, from physical foods. And now I find a power. And it wasn't going to be human power. The whole point of this book, every bit of it is about putting this food down and get a relationship with God. It's not about the food. It's not about the steps. It's about this connection with God. But I cannot get that connection with God if I'm blocked. What blocks me? Food blocks me. Behaviors block me. People block me, Right. So I have to get busy, and I didn't understand 100% black and white abstinence, work these steps, get this connection, because in the next paragraph, and the rest of the book, it's going to tell me I have to have a higher power. I am out of power. I'm out of my power. I'm out of human power. I need a higher power. And if I don't work these steps and get that connection with God, I'm going to stay where I've been for 40-something years. Today, grateful I have over a year of recovered abstinence. I'm neutral, and I'm living in a recovered state. With that, I pass. Thank you, guys. Perfect timing. Thanks so much, Kelly S. Calling. All right. Now we have Lynn H. Followed by Golda H. Good morning, Lynn. Hello, this is Lynn H. I'm recovered compulsive overeater. I've been absent now for um, 23 years uh, by the grace of God. And I just wanted to share with you my experience with um, the allergy and how I learned that I had this response, this abnormal reaction to certain foods. Um, years ago, my daughter made this uh, Danish item to take to school. She was in high school, and I decided to eat just a sliver of it. Um, I, I took the sliver and swallowed it and um, had the phenomenon of craving take over, and I had to get another piece. Every piece that I ate, every sliver, as I was chewing it, I would tell myself, 
this is the last one. I don't need to take another one. But as soon as I swallowed, I had to get another one. I was compelled to get another one. And since that time, I've learned that what was happening in my body was that my brain was uh, releasing endorphins from the sugar and the flour that I was eating. uh, And the endorphins were making me feel better, were, were relaxing me. And that was compelling me to take more. I I couldn't stop myself. My brain was telling me, take more. And that's what the doctor's opinion is calling the allergy, the abnormal reaction to certain foods that in me were causing these endorphins that were making me eat more, not be able to stop. Um, I was getting addicted to those endorphins. And the the only way that I have been able to keep, you know, prevent that allergic reaction from happening is not to have those sugars and flour. For me, it's sugar, flour, and fat that I have to stay away from. Um, then I don't have that reaction of the endorphins, and I don't uh, have the have the cravings for more. So that has given me the freedom in my life, freedom from the food obsession and the food cravings. So that's my experience, but um, thanks for listening. Awesome. Perfect timing, Lynn H. Appreciate your share. Thank you so much. Up next, we have Golda H. followed by Karen K. Go right ahead, Golda. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. I'm Golda H. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm very moved by this whole discussion today, and I'm sorry I cry very easily, so don't worry. So um, I think it's wonderful that I really lived like this. Uh, Six or seven years, I was surrendered to the food plan. I was surrendered. I was neutral. I was happy. Um, And it worked. And no matter how upset I got about anything, I never went to the food. This went on for six or seven years. I must say, I barely worked the steps in that program. There were a lot of tools. And it worked. And maybe if I had been in the big book at that time, you know, who knows. But I wasn't in that program. And for me, um, I'm really identifying with those people that one day, more and more and more, the food plan stopped working. And I went back in the big book. I tried to work the steps. I could not follow a food plan. And I know what it is to follow a food plan. It's wonderful. And if I could, I would today. I really would. I think it's a wonderful way to live. And I in no way think this is about controversy. I think each of us is a child of God. And, you know, we all have our path. And he ha- knows what's good for us. So um, so what happened to me was it wore out. I just couldn't do it anymore. And just what was shared earlier, I just was defiant. If I said I'm going to eat this, this, and this, I would do something else. I would add something else. I would manipulate and control. And then someone took me through the big book again. I've been in big book for 30 years in different fellowships. 
And I really got the doctor's opinion as it applies to me, which is human aid doesn't work. And a food plan is human aid for me. It's human aid. It's a tool. It's not a bad tool. It's a good tool. But it stopped working. My disease had progressed. And where it left me, and this is really what I wanted to share, it really left me with, well, what about me? What am I going to do now? Like, I used to be so judgmental and demanding that everyone, that if you didn't, you know, surrender to this food plan and you didn't weigh and measure, but you were in denial and you're not willing. And I had all these judgments about other people. But I'm realizing today, thank God, that we all have our different paths. And there's no formula that works for everybody. And for me today, I went through the big book with a recovered sponsor very rapidly, very thoroughly, And just what was shared, I live in 10, 11, 12 today. So if I go into the kitchen and I want something that I know is not good for me medically for whatever reason, I do a 10 step. I do an 11 step. And then I call a newcomer. And if I ate in a way that makes me uncomfortable, I call, I do the same thing. I do 10, 11, 12. So I'm living inside, for me, in God's will. To me, there's no controversy here. Everybody is right. Everyone on this meeting is right. (laughs) And um, I'm just really grateful that I have the big book, that I have my higher power, and that God said, just because, Golda, you can't follow a food plan anymore, I'm not going to throw you away. I'm not going to say you're just, uh, you're going to slip and slide and die from compulsive overeating. There is a solution. And the solution's in the big book. And we all have to do this the way we're being guided to do and whatever works. And God bless everybody. I love you. That's it. Thank you. Thank you, Golda H. Up next, we have Karen Kay, and I think we'll be able to get through Amy and Maura Z also. So go ahead, Karen. Good morning, everybody. My name is Karen Kay. I'm certainly a compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credits still do not transfer Uh, Wouldn't it be nice if it was just about the food? You know, I love the doctor's opinion. I get it. There's, you know, things I shouldn't put in my body. But I got this this thing um, about, you know, my thinking where, um, you know, talks further on the book, you know, the that twist of the mind or cannot differentiate the truth from the false, you know. And um, basically... As working with others, as I'm looking forward to do again, is I'm your pimp for God. <laughs> I, and there's another uh, workshop that I go on, and and basically I'm just there to help another person to find their power. I'm not it. The food plan is not it. I need to, for me, for this compulsive overeater, uh, the real one, um, I need to not to... Um, uh, get caught up in creation, creation instead of my creator, because the creation, which is the food plan, the size, the clothing, the men, uh, the earrings, the jewelry, whatever you want to call it, uh, going to a special workshop or a special thing or that makes it an idol. And I'm so grateful that I focus on my creator and what my, how my creator would have me be. And I know that my creator wants me to be at peace and ease. Not happy. Happy's good, but just at peace and ease. 
And um, I just had a big turning point in my other fellowships to really immerse myself in, into sponsorship because the past few years I've been really immersing in OA as a sponsor, which I still plan on doing. I think it's important to to be of service. And when I'm not thinking about Karen, I'm not thinking about food. You know, and it's, it's you know, I could give you a list, you know, but it's about my relationship with God, plan what I eat and eat what I plan. And I don't care. I, I, I'm just going to close with this and you can take it or leave it. If a, if a person comes to me and they say they they want to do X, Y, and Z and, and thing, it's all out. And for me, it would be an alcoholic food. Okay. Um, and it's not for me to judge. If they want to have a chocolate milk for lunch, uh, two chocolate milks for breakfast, and three chocolate milks for dinner, it's none of my business. If they they have medical clearance to do all that stuff and whatever, it's none of my business. And that's what makes me a more humbled person and to not to judge. And that's what God has me be, is to not to judge a food plant, to not to judge a person, and to realize that we're all children of God. And with that, I will pass. Thanks, Karen. Up next is Amy. Amy, go right ahead. Amy, press star one. We can't hear you. Amy N. Hi, this is Jeannie N. Can you be, can I oh, be her? Yeah, sorry about that. It's okay. Yeah. Um, couple things that jumped out at me when we were reading that. Um, um, well, first of all, uh, I'm repeating, I guess, again, uh, I can't stop myself from starting. And once I start, I can't stop. And it took me a long time to really understand and believe that I was in so much denial. Um, and the, the, the big thing that for me is the, the emotions. When they pile up, you know, all this negative, uh, all this jealousy, guilt, and, and whatnot, uh, I, I, I sometimes forget I can do something about them. I have a program. For, for today, I'm abstinent a year, but I'm working very hard with my, God, with my higher power self. Um, I, can't, I can't absorb those emotions, you know. I have to give them to God or, um, you know, because, like, sometimes I don't say in order when I share, but I do the best I can. Um, I There's so many things I can do when they go up, you know, and when they come up, because when they accumulate, when they build up inside of me, that's when it's dangerous for me, you know, that that I want that comfort, I want that relief and and I, and over a year ago then I would well, I would go to the food and um for today I can make a call or or write or do a ten step, you know? I can't absorb those emotions. Um and uh and when I'm into that food how it takes away my self confidence and that's when I, I allow the emotions, to, I used to allow the emotions to build up. And like Harlan says, this is not a program for those who need it, and it's not a program for those who want it, but it's for those who do it. And thank you, everybody, for all your service and for allowing me to do service. 
With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy and No, it's Jeannie. Jeannie. Jeannie N. Jeannie. Sorry, Jamie. It's okay. Laura, I would love to have you share this morning, but it looks like we're out of time. So I'm going to ask if you would please um, share at the beginning of the next hour. So thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for our second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. Grab your pen and paper. Here's the share ID for today. For January 9th, 2024, the share ID is 20,018. That's 20018. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book. It's on page 164. Will Lindsay W. please read A Vision for You? Hi, good morning. This is Lindsay W., compulsive overeater in Houston, Texas. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. I'll now ask everyone to press star one to unmute so that we can say the serenity prayer together. <laughs> 